Today, I'm with Harry Baskin. You are listening to Chat with Dropshipping Masters, a podcast focused on bringing to you the lessons and insights from dropshipping outliers around the world. This is your key into the mind of elite marketers who, just like you, start out totally clueless, but through focus on hard work, manage to hack the e-commerce game and generate an insane amount of wealth for themselves. I am your host, Breda Buzian. Thank you so much for being here. Let's the fun begin. All right. Thank you so much for being here. I am with Harry Basque, and uh, Harry is a really good friend of mine. Uh, there's something that I've never told you, but you were the one who actually introduced me to dropshipping in the first place, so <laughs> you are some sort of mentor to me. So thank you so much for that, and thank you so much for being here. Thank you, man. So, uh, yeah, um, I'm Harry. I've been doing, well, I did dropshipping like four years ago. Um and I recently stopped, um, but uh, I guess today, like you said, we will talk about my story in dropshipping and what I'm doing now and my view of what people should do after they do dropshipping or if they still do dropshipping or whatnot. Okay. okay, awesome. So what about you just tell us your story? Like, How did you get into dropshipping in the first place? Um, okay, so I guess my story started when I got introduced to... Um, Kindle, I don't know if you know what it is. Yeah, like Amazon books and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, essentially, I, you know, I always knew I wanted to make a shitload of money. Like, that was just something inside of me. <laughs> Fair enough. That's, that's um, interesting. Since I was young. And, uh, and you know, I, I, feel, I feel like I was searching for my introduction to business in a way. Um, and I met a guy when we were going out, okay. I met a guy who, um, who asked me to, well, he saw I was, I was writing Kindle books. Oh, wow. I started write, writing Kindle books. Cause I was like, man, these guys are making a shit of money. Let's do it. Right. Classic, like mindset of someone who wants to make money okay. online. Um, started writing a book. I wrote like a book in a day. I was like fucking pumped. And then what happened is the, we talked to a guy who told us like a, a hack so to make like, essentially, you're just like breaking Amazon's uh, regulations by um, having your book in different languages so that your book is long and people pay, uh, Amazon pays you per pages read on the book. Oh. So the more pages you have, the more money you make. Yeah, and then you yeah. ask your friends to read the book and you make shit out of money. <laughs> so I made three grand. It's pretty big for me at the time. I was like, damn, man. You know, How old were you at the time? You were pretty young when I met you. Yeah, um, I was probably like 18 or 19. Okay, fair enough. And um, so I did that with my buddy. And then we got caught uh, by Amazon. Obviously. <laughs> and uh, I cashed in the first check and then the second didn't pass through. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And but then at the same time I met a guy who uh, started like uh, a store, okay. and uh, it was dropshipping. And I asked, he asked me to write like his product description because he thought I was a good writer since I was writing Kindle books. But to be honest, I wasn't really. I was just motivated to write a book. Fair enough. Um, so I wrote his his um, description, and I insisted him to not pay me, and in, in like. Just to give me the course he got to like start this shit. Oh, so, okay. So instead of getting the money, you would get the education in a sense. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, and the course he had was like from Dan Da Silva. 
and uh, the guy was literally on speed like throughout the entire course i didn't understand anything it's oh, just like yeah and it was honestly it was probably one of the worst courses i've seen it was so unorganized and just like Because all you see is Facebook, you make a lot of money with millions of views, and then you create a a picture with this, and he clicks everywhere, and it's just like, what are you doing, man? So, but I I got to I think I learned most from just going on Shopify and realizing it was easy to create a website and just linking like products from Obrello to AliExpress, you know, just like basic stuff. Okay. Um, and that got me started. Um, I started a watch store, and uh, <clears throat> yeah, I. I mean, when when I started, I was just like motivated to create like this like fancy watch store because I mean I didn't know like the quality of the watches I was selling, which <laughs> were actually pretty bad, like plastic type watch. No, it wasn't plastic, but close to plastic, you know, like alloy or something. And um, yeah, I was just fun. I created all these like fancy watch names, like uh, like uh, Italian names, you know, like Ernesto or whatever. Oh wow. <laughs> And, um, yeah, so at that time, what made me confident in starting a watch store was that I saw, like, movement watches and Daniel Wellington and and Lord timepieces or something. They were all, like, growing, like, exponentially. Interesting. You know, so you saw a trend, then you were like, I'm going to ride that trend somehow. Yeah, and it was, I mean, it's not, I don't feel like it's something that you can replicate. Like, you can't be, like searching for trends in a way because if you're if you see the trend and you're not already there most of the time it's too late okay um so it was it was the trend of what like fashion and social media mostly that was oh, the trend. Wow. okay that's that, that was the way to actually look at it yeah and and essentially um i started i hired as usual i was scared shitless of spending on facebook ads I spent five bucks and i was like i'm done man this shit doesn't work right <laughs> um so but at the time you know if most people that know me it's like when i want to do something i get like super obsessed to the point where i don't do anything else like i just stay home with my fucking screen and even if i fuck if i hate it because i i mean i hate just being at home on my screen to be honest um, but I was just trying to eat like the simplest shit and I was sleeping like three, four hours and the work, you know, as you, as you know, the work is mostly like intellectual in a way. You just want to figure out what the fuck's not making you money. And so I was watching all the webinars I could, all the YouTube videos I could, I was, all the courses I could, all the books, talking to as many people as possible. Um, and I got, I hired like my friend guy from like Pakistan. <laughs> Wow, <laughs> and um, the guy—I mean, no, I—I I think it's the worst shit ever. I, the guy was asking me for a grand, and he just—so like, how did you meet this guy? You just met him online, Facebook, man. I was just like desperate, like guys, I'm not making any sales. Like, coach me, you know? Okay. <laughs> and the guy reaches out, and he's like showing me his results for like a couple days. And I'm like, okay, fine, man, let's do it. And the guy shows me how to post like some like a, a Reddit like thread that just said like buy any buy anything or some shit like that okay and um <laughs> the thing with reddit right like, i didn't know it's like people know when you're like they know pretty fast that you're selling bullshit so within a week like at the beginning i was i made like a grand but within a week like just at from the reddit end, yeah hmm, at the end pe- yeah at, at the end people were just like 
Damn, man, that's garbage. You find this shit on AliExpress, you know? Yeah, yeah. Reddit is probably the worst community to, 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 to <laughs> yeah. stuff like that. Those people are like a family. <laughs> yeah, so so I thought I was like on the roll, you know? I was like, man, I'm making a lot of money. I'm going to become like a fucking six-figure earner. But uh, it just stopped at, at, at a thousand bucks. So Fair I was enough. like, fuck. But then, so I stopped coaching with the guy, of course, because it's really <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> and... Um, what I started doing was um, I started just like following for follow on Instagram. And okay. at a time, it was actually working well. I was making like 500 bucks a day. And, just uh, by doing follow and follow. Yeah, just doing follow and follow. I did that for like two, three months. Um, so at this point, you still haven't spent like a dime on Facebook ads in a sense. Like you're still doing all organic. Yeah. Very I mean, like I might have tried a couple times, but probably didn't spend more than a hundred bucks, you know? Okay. Um, and then what happened is I was like, damn, you know, I'm selling the same product all the time. Like, you know, probably a winner, but I didn't know at the time. It's just like, people mm -hmm. like this product. Let's put it on Facebook. I just put it on Facebook and it was getting like, a, like seven X RIs. Like what the fuck? Just <laughs> spending more money. And for me, scaling at the time was so easy. I was just literally going from like five bucks. I was like, what if I spend like a thousand bucks? How much would I make? And it was just the same return on investment. And so point, yeah, and I, it's so easy to scale. I remember I was just, at some point I was spending, I mean, the hard part was probably the credit cards at the time for me. Okay. And, all, and also like Facebook limit. But as soon as they increased my limit, like you could scale from like a thousand to like 8,000 in, in two days. And the RI would be like the same. So you just like keep adding budget to the same ad set, or like you would duplicate, <laughs> yeah. or you would do anything, and everything would work. I would do everything would work, man. <laughs> like that was yeah, and, and you know some, sometimes I regret because I could have like built way more stores at the time because I was like I didn't have the business mindset of opportunistic, you know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Just like I was like, oh, I'll start another store in a year, you know. But uh, yeah, definitely. If I was looking back, when I see a new opportunity. I would try to replicate it in every possible way. You know, if I started like a cosmetic store or things like that, I'd probably, I could have made, and also, and also like accounting and finances. And, you know, I didn't know about that. So. Yeah, because making a lot of money comes with, with that. You need to understand accounting, you need to understand taxes, yeah. you need to understand lawyers. I don't know. There's a lot of things that you need to understand. Exactly. So, so, I mean, at the same time, I don't regret it. I did take some time after to reflect on, that stuff that you talk about, but um, yeah, man. So that was my product, and then I replicated the same system with like a general store, and I did that for a while. Wow. Okay. Um, I started coaching, of course, like every online marketer who wants to cash cash uh -huh. on money. Well, I mean, you can make money and you can sell the how to, so why not? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so I did that, and yeah, a bunch of. Um, bunch of problems along the way you know i'm not gonna lie like when you look at it from the outside you just see like my results and screenshots but a lot of like coaching for example man so many problems with with clients people like people who just like want to sue you like it just happens you know yeah um and same thing with job shipping i don't know if if some of you guys are going to relate but um you know when when you when you start selling a lot of products and um, somehow my phone number was somewhere like I don't know where like in an app or something I deleted it from every place 
but somehow people found it all the time. And I would get phone calls from like some random people just being like, I want my product, you know, and I was getting that like multiple times a day. Wow. Yeah, it was. And and honestly, the, the I think the, the most annoying part was like the credit card because, bro, that shit would get blocked every two days and all my ads would like stop and sometimes it would mess up the return on investment. And I had no way of increasing my limit because I was just like a new business, you know. And I know some people told me, like, recently, some guy told me, oh, man, I have, like, a 150,000 limit on my credit card. I'm like, and the guy's, like, 19. I'm like, bro, you don't have that. Like, it's <laughs> impossible. Like, you think you think credit card companies are going to give your company, like, they, they, they're going to give a bigger limit to your personal, to yourself personally than to your company because your company is the least safe thing to do. Companies go up and down within a year. Your company is, like, one year fresh. Like credit card companies are gonna maybe give you like a twenty five thousand limit, but that's if you're like really insistent, you know. Yeah. So, I I was running like on multiple credit cards, um, and I think the hardest thing, to be honest, was keeping track of everything. Just like so many orders, so like so much accounting, and I was doing in U.S. You had to like do currency transfers for every transaction every single day. Man, like, now I'm more equipped to do that kind of stuff. Yeah. But I couldn't have done better. Like, so it's, it's tough. So at some point, you think that your success could get you at a point where you're just overwhelmed. You have no idea what's happening. Like, you're oh, overwhelmed by sure. your own success. <laughs> so sure. how, and how do you go about that? You're just, like, in the middle of the chaos, and, and you're thinking yeah. to yourself, like, what am I going to do? Or you have, like, a, like, how did you get out of it? Bro, I'm a hustler. I just take action. Like, <laughs> this is all I do. So I hired my dad, who's just, like, really attention to detail. Okay. He's, like, he really saved my business, to be honest. So he just, like, he took care of, he was looking at every single order from my VAs, and he realized a lot of my VAs suck, so we fired a lot of people. He did all my accounting. Like, he was spending the entire day, like, just reviewing, like, um, yeah, reviewing like all the transactions that I was doing, trying to see where we could save money, um, protecting protect my business, protecting my business legally, you know, because I didn't know about that that stuff, you know, I just knew about the Facebook ads. Yeah, yeah I, know. I know, I know, and I, I know um, we're talking about a lot of money. I mean, I remember once you saw me, you you, you showed you showed me a screenshot, and I was like, how a twenty years old kid can do this? I was like probably twenty three at a time, and I just couldn't believe it. It was it was a lot of money. Yeah, man. I, yeah, I remember, like, thinking back, I was probably, like, obnoxious, even though I didn't want to be, you know. Just, like, I honestly, everybody I met, I don't remember, I just wanted to, like, teach them how to do it. I was like, yo, bro, it's fucking easy. Just do it, you know. I know. Like, oh, I'm not sure. And I was like, yo, you forgot to fucking do it. Um, and I, re I remember, like, my phone was ringing, like, every second, like, ting, 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 ting. And I, I wasn't even a joke. Like, it was just nonsense. Every time I was hanging out with people, they just ask me to like turn off my phone because it's just like, and totally. I think I was I was dumb. I was like, money is easy, bro. Like, you know. But at the same time, I feel like it was obnoxious because a lot of people work hard to make money, and sometimes they don't have the opportunities in front of them. And I was just like this kid, like making people feel bad. I was like, man, that's not cool. Like, come on. You know? <laughs> and when you actually reflect back on it, I think yeah. one of the one of the things that you actually have that 
let's say puts you in, in in on the side of someone who's making so much money that he that his main problem is his phone sort of like annoying other people because he's getting so many sales is, is that you take action that's something that you talk about a lot you always yeah. say just take action but how do you structure that you just don't get out there and take action because a lot of people are hardworking they just don't seem to be able to get results yeah yeah I I feel that in a way um, I spent, I used to be just like this guy who takes action and doesn't even think for a second, which wasn't the best strategy. I was just following my gut feeling that was like working in the back end and just being like, this is the opportunity to jump on it, you uh -huh. know? But to replicate that, I probably spent the past like two, three years, I spent way more time like thinking and like, how the fuck did I do that? And like, how the fuck can I do it again? You know? <laughs> and uh, how can I do it better? And, um, To be honest, um, I think a lot of it in terms of opportunity, uh, a lot of it demands like understanding. So, of course, like I'm not just being like, oh, you want to make money, just go do sales. You know, I would say, honestly, I, I would say go research like all the different ways you can make money and see which one interests you the most. And, you know, because at the end of the day, like I... I was hanging out with a lot of people making a shitload of money with dropshipping and we were all like drain of motivation. And uh, this is, it might sound funny for some people, but you know, we, we were all making, for example, like 30 grand a day and we were all like, oh, I hate Facebook ads. I don't want to do Facebook ads anymore. Wow. I hate dropshipping. It's so annoying, you know? <laughs> and uh, we would, yeah, we would outsource all our work and just being like super lazy and like, I don't want to work. Um, Just, just to say that it's the, the, the business model that you choose also has a big impact on your results. Like your motivation has a big impact on your results. I'm, for example, right, I'm not motivated to do sales. And if I do sales, then I'm probably not going to get good results because I'll be like sick of it pretty fast, you know? Oh, wow. So I feel like you have to do, the most important thing is you have to do something that you want to do. And that I think most of my results came from that. Um, I don't really structure my action, although I could learn and try to take like the, the most strategic moves, which I'm doing more and more. But at the same time, what I say is like the most important thing is doing doing what you want and being motivated to do it. Because I know I know I pushed a lot of people to do dropshipping that didn't want to do it and they weren't successful because they just gave up like within a month or two. And that's fine. It's not because they suck. It's just because they didn't think prior to doing it like what require what it requires to be successful in, in, in drop shifting for example you know so spend more I, like i'm spending more time thinking before i make a move because i know i could also spend that that time doing something else so <laughs> yeah very interesting it's yeah no you're right i see a lot of people taking a lot of action as you said but sometimes they just keep doing the exact same thing over and over and over and it's not working and they get frustrated and like they found themselves in this very negative feedback loop and nothing really good uh, comes out of it. Okay, yeah. Okay, I sense... No, I, th I think I sense your question a bit better before. Um, in terms of my actions, like, I don't really do the same thing. When, when I take action, I'm like a master troubleshooter. Like, I, I, any idea I have, even if it's bad and I didn't think about it, I, I tried it. So in a day, I might have tried, like, 50 ideas that someone might have like thought about for like three months you know i just tested those, those and, and and they're different like you just like you hit it from different angles let's put it that way yeah until it works and i'm super impatient so i test so many shit so many different things fast 
And as soon as I find that thing, I'm like, go for it. So that's why I don't. If I'm motivated to do something, I'm not scared of being successful or not. I know I'm gonna be successful. It's just like a matter of me troubleshooting the shit out of something until I find, you know, what works the best for me. Wow, but that's interesting. As, as long as you troubleshoot, in my opinion, and in my short life, I've always got what I want, you know. So yeah, I remember you used to tell me, and there's there's a sentence that I use a lot. Is you like use your best educated guess, and and I find it very interesting because it encompasses two concepts. It's a guess, which is troubleshooting, but it's like your best educated. So you still base that guess on something, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, interesting. Okay, so now we spoke a little bit about mindset. We spoke a little bit about your story and how you got into this. I remember in this conversation that you said that your first. Uh, product, let's put it that way, like your winner was uh, like a wash that was selling uh, well on, on Instagram to follow and follow. And then I guess you just took that visual and you took that product and you put it on Facebook through Facebook ads. So take us a little bit over uh, the, the, the first product that made you money, you know, like the case study of the first sale. Yeah. Um, so I've used, I've used like basic logic to find that product, which was um, you could put it in a way like I tested a lot of products and I saw that this product was selling 90% of the time. So if I was confident in trying to advertise on Facebook, I needed to use that product. Um, and the first product was really easy to be honest. It was just people saw the first picture from my product and they liked it a lot. When I posted that picture on Instagram, people engaged a lot with it. Um, and so that's the same picture I used from, for my Facebook ads. And if you think about it in, in terms of testing Facebook ads, that's the same concept. Like take the, th the thing that gives you the most results. You might test 50 products and just pick the product that gives you the best results. But if let's say you have two, three products who give you good results, then maybe you want to test more until you're really confident in that product and confidence is a really important thing because we start with not a lot of capital. And even if you have a lot of money, you shouldn't, you shouldn't think that way. You're just going to burn through cash for no reason. Um, so the important thing for me is like confidence test until you're so confident in your product that you're like, I could spend $500 a day like tomorrow and I wouldn't be afraid of not making money. Um, and I just started, I started looking at the, the ads from like the other companies I told you about, like, uh, uh, movement watches, Daniel Wellington, uh, Lord Time pieces, and I, I used their ad copy, which was like uh, a watch that doesn't break the bank. Okay, yeah. And small copy was the thing that worked the best for me. I was trying to use some small like uh, motos, you know, just like uh, like a watch that doesn't break the bank or um, you deserve a watch. Or, and then I was just putting like buy now in the link, and I realized that with watches for me, like what worked the best is simple ad copy like some catchy thing it was hard to find what was catchy like the ad copy would make a big difference yeah the simpler it is the more complicated because you have less words actually so yeah exactly <laughs> so a lot of tests and um but the, the creative was 90 percent of the ads result creative was 90 percent very interesting and, so there was uh, no test in everything like the creative the copy the headline but uh, but the creative was definitely like 90 percent of the uh, but the first test I would do is always creative. If the creative didn't work, the ad copy did not matter. But then, but then after that, if you if I wanted to optimize, I would test the ad copy. And there was one thing that really helped me when I started 
that was on Facebook. Uh-huh. That that stopped being there after that, which I was like, that's so fucking strange. And it's still not there. But I was able to see all the I could target like two hundred interests. Okay. And I was able to see the top interests. Like just looking at my ad, they would give me a list of all the interests and would tell me on the scale of one to five which interest was working the best. Wow. How did you do that? Yeah. I always thought about doing this. I, I would split this in one interest in every ad set just for me to be able to know that. I know, but face, Facebook had it. Uh, do you have it now? No, it's not there anymore. It oh. was just there when I started. That's incredible. There's, there's, there's a lot of things. And like throughout my life, I told you, like when I want something, there's like life just brings something random. No one told me about that stuff as well. Maybe it was just my ad account. I don't fucking know, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but it's just like life being like, you know what, pal? I'll just give you like this opportunity to like optimize your ads for like no like peanuts. So I was just. Targeting 200 interests, and then I was picking like the top 10, and I was like, or I went from 7 to 12, you know? That's incredible. <laughs> um, yeah. After that, it stopped. I was like, why? What the fuck? This is the best tool ever. Yeah. Um, and then, and then I, you know, I kept going with the watches, and I started testing products that I felt had like really good creative as well, like similar creative. Okay. And uh, I also increased my prices. I used to sell my watch for like twenty five bucks. I was like, damn, I'm stupid. I'll just I, used to, I increased my prices to like seventy dollars, and my ROI. Wow, that was a big that was a big jump from twenty to seventy. Jump, man. but I saw like the other companies that that were selling watches. They had watches in that range, so I was like, I could do the same thing. Yeah, a lot of people have questions regarding the pricing of their product. Like, you yeah. just look at the average of what the competition is doing, and you sort of you know put yourself yeah, exactly. somewhere around. Yeah, exactly. Best educated guess. Again, okay. Yeah, pretty uh, much it. Okay, interesting. So you you spoke a lot about testing products, as you said, like so testing visuals, yeah. testing this, testing that. Uh, what are the metrics that you look at at the initial testing phase? And do you have some rules? Like, let's say I'm gonna test for two days, and if I get this and get that, I'm gonna keep it. If I don't get this or get that, I'm gonna kill it. Like, how do you how do you proceed? Uh, so for me, it was really about um, it was it was about money like i've never been like a guy who tests like ppe first and i've never done that probably because i'm impatient by nature so i was just always looking for like the product that made me money well at the beginning i remember you were one of the first people who were saying just do wc purchase directly like don't don't (laughs) go through the other things and i was like wow okay pretty unconventional (laughs) (laughs) but i was using engagement as like on the same idea of the ad to just you know get like social proof proof. after I, I knew that the product would make me money. And the other thing for me was confidence. Like I, I tried a bunch of like strategies of like, okay, two days test, boom, 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 you know, on the whiteboard and shit. But uh, what worked the best for me was really to be, okay, I tested, I don't know, 15 products, then uh, four of those made me money, I turned off all the rest. And then I see out of those four, only two kept making me more sales and I'm like, okay, now I'm confident to move forward. But even some product who made me two sales, let's say two sales within four days and they're profitable, I might not be confident. But if it's two, three sales within a day and I'm like, man, sales are coming like clockwork, then I'm confident. So it was really a matter of confidence based on what I've seen working, what I've seen in characteristics of winning products at that time because Facebook ads 
you know, basically they just got harder and harder and harder all the yeah, time. Just keeps changing, yeah. And so, so I adapted my strategy. Like before, um, some products I was getting like sales at like two dollars. You know, that if you see sales at two dollars in the past year, that shit doesn't exist. You know, it's just some guy who just because I mean, one one thing I realized um, after I did my shit is. So many people just fake screenshot, like it's so crazy. Wow! And and because what I learned is even if people like load their page and everything, they can fake screenshot. And people are motivated to fake screenshot because they they make money from coaching. So and so for me, it was a big realization. Like I I talked to a lot of guys, and ninety percent were just crap, and people knew it because. I had some friends who were traveling a lot and meeting a lot of people and they were listening to me talk about them, about drop shipping and all this stuff, like the same way I'm talking about it now. Yeah. And, you know, you could, you could pretty much tell, like, you could tell me about any single subject of drop shipping and I have an experience of that, you know, that I can share. Um, but you can tell when someone doesn't have experience and it's just like regurgitating, like, things he learned online or something and he yeah, doesn't yeah. truly grasp the concept. He can't play around with it, you know? And so, a lot of bullshitters online, and even now, like people who say they're making like a million bucks, I know one guy who's making a million bucks a month with dropshipping right now, and these guys are fucking—they're beasts. And I don't—I don't know anybody else who makes that amount of money right now. It's because they're not. But these guys are like—I'm not going to say their names, but the truth is, right now in dropshipping, if you want to do it at a big scale, your your margins are going to be thin like crazy but it's okay. fine because you're getting money on you're cash back volume. Yeah. but you might get like two percent margins two percent is pretty pretty low actually it's really low but at the same time um if you look at let's say cash back was amitad let's see added up to they're making six percent on a million a month 12 million a year it's still a lot of money but at the same time, like I went to a lot of events and people are like, oh, I have like 50% margin or like 55. I'm like, you don't have 55% margin. Do, do you know like about accounting? Like you don't, there's always costs that you're not even seeing, you know? People are just like, oh, I spent uh, 20 bucks on Facebook ads and uh, then I spent uh, 10 bucks on my product and uh, I made, uh, I don't know, like 60 bucks today. They're like 50% margin. But it's like, no, you have so many other expenses like your VAs, like Facebook ads. Maybe it's in another, like in US and you're paying your own currency. It adds up. Your product also probably in US. Um, so many, so many, so many other expenses. I'm, my best, like when I started, my margins were really high because I was selling a product that was costing me like six bucks at $70. <laughs> that, that was that was phenomenal. I remember all those watches you were selling for for huge huge margins. Yeah, but after that, if you have like some standard product that you're selling for 25 30 bucks, your margins are not higher than like maybe 20%. If you're like a mad scientist of optimization, maybe 30, you know. Interesting. But something yeah, something with with like e-commerce and dropshipping, small margins and you got to accept it. It's just part of the game, you know. If you're trying to cut your margins too much in your ad spend, you're just gonna not make money. You're just gonna make maybe like ten grand a month, and it's like you could stop there if you want. Maybe it's satisfying you, but if you go to a big scale, margins gonna get thin, really, really thin. But it gives you way more opportunities. So interesting. So now uh, you're running your own agency, and as you told me, you have a lot of e-commerce clients. 
let's talk about scaling. Like, how do you go yeah. about scaling today in 2019? Because that's really the name of the game, right? As you said, you could test, you could find yeah. a product. If you can't scale it, there's no really reason for you to be in this business. So, like, how do you go about scaling today? Well, I'd say the first thing is 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 it's still confidence. Like, the first part of scaling is to be confident that you can scale. Okay. Um, if if you're just trying to scale to scale and you have a product that makes me like a 1.5 return on investment and you scale, then for sure your return investment is going to drop and you might be not be profitable. So the the most important part is really the beginning. It's okay. finding that that ad creative that gives you a really big ROI. Um, we do we do like I try literally every single way of scaling when I see the opportunity like i know people are like keep the same strategy or like do manual bidding only or something like that mm-hmm. uh the best strategy for me has been just being fluid you know being open to like testing different things like okay high bid man high manual bid or low manual bid and then okay high bid seems to work better fuck low bid you know because it's always optimization just know all your options test them out and pick the best one because maybe you're you're scaling with your strategy which is uh duplicate and uh, increase the budget on your duplicate ad set and that might be good might be giving you good results but maybe high manual bid might give you like two times even good better results. results yeah exactly so it's it's really important to test like it and i hate to saying that because it feels like i'm almost saying nothing like test you know everything test you know yeah but it's it's just really about knowing your options and the more you test the more you know when to use those different tools that you have in front of you. And so I know, for example, I've realized for me that when I scaled to really high budgets, let's say I want to spend like 10 grand, 15 grand a day, I'm going to look at high manual bids. Okay. Because if I'm confident enough to spend that much, I want to bid, I want to win every single bid on Facebook. But if I'm scaling small, I usually start with like duplicates of automatic biddings because I'm not entirely sure how fucking powerful that ad creative is. So for me, like the scale is like automatic bids for like low confidence and the more confident you are in the thing, just go like the highest bid and manual bid, you know, and try to win every single bid because then you know that people are going to buy whatever you're selling because the ad is good. That's a very interesting way to do it. It's, it's like the more I, I like this uh, spectrum of how confident you are regarding your ads. Like the more confident, the more you are willing to go and put yourself out there, right? Because you're confident in your skills. Now, if you're not that confident, you probably don't want to spend that much money to win all the auctions, as you said. Yeah. And, and and it happens that people don't really like what you're selling. So you're just throwing money and giving it to Facebook. Um, <laughs> That's yeah. uh, that's very interesting. So, can you just tell us a little bit about manual bidding in general? Because there is, I remember there was a lot of fuss about uh, manual uh, manual bidding. Everybody was talking about it. It was it was you know like the way to glory in a sense, but <laughs> it wasn't necessarily right. A lot of people tried manual bidding yeah. and they and, and they got hurt. So, like just you know take us a little bit over manual bidding and your perspective of it. Yeah, I've seen I've seen a lot of people who are like manual bidding is the dark wizardry of Facebook. You know exactly, they're like don't exactly. use it if you don't feel confident. Um, that's bullshit. I feel I feel like people were, were using manual bidding with products that they weren't really confident with and they were like, That's the solution. I'll just manual bid the fuck out of my way to making money, but it's not you know, you can't do that. The, the, you need to be confident in your product and it's not the manual bid who's gonna make you a lot of money. Manual bids are gonna make you a lot of money if you're confident in the product and you're willing to spend a lot of money. But it 
to be honest, for me, it was has always been really easy. I just look at, let's say the suggested bid is like 20 bucks. Yeah. I'll just five times that. Oh, wow. And, I, and yeah, I don't, so there's this, I don't know if you, you've seen, there's this, uh, this software called like Companion Labs or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, yeah. they sort of split test your bids or something like that. And exactly. They like A, B, depending on the ad sets. Yeah. They give like a score to your ad sets or something. Have, yeah. you, have you tried that? How do, do you like that? I tried that, but, it's just I made less money because essentially if you're really confident in something just put the highest bid and you're gonna show to as many people as you can on Facebook you don't really need to test like different segments of bids you know if I'm not willing to scale then I can adjust my bid accordingly let's say that my confidence is not it's not like super high like this is a product I can spend 20 grand on but it's maybe like a product uh, an advertising uh, that I can spend like I don't know three thousand per yeah. per day yeah then what i'll do is my bid is going to be it's not going to be five x it might be like 3.5 x but the bid doesn't make that as much different it's just going to make you spend less right gotcha so for me it was always like the highest bid i put the more money i spent so if i'm really confident that if i spend 500 dollars right now it's going to make me money then fine but people are like oh my god i like i put manual bid and it spent 300 dollars and two minutes you know and they're like oh my god manual bids are crazy i'm never gonna touch that again it's like bro it's just because you weren't confident in in your ad like manual bids are not going to make your ad work you so know? just to just to recap a little bit we talk a lot about being confident in your ad like do you have probably not a system but let's say like a framework a checklist and you're like okay this means that i am confident in this ad is it the results that you've gotten from that ad running it on automatic or is it just i don't know like what are the metrics that you actually look at to, to, to okay, be confident well, on that yeah you could put it in, in 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 let's say uh you split it in two parts okay right so the first part is um with your ad of course, let's say it starts, it makes money like every day. Then you realize after three days, the fourth day doesn't make money. You put a little X on one side of the board of like, okay, it drops a bit in confidence. Then you see a couple of days, one week keeps making money, eight days, nine days, 10 days. You know, okay, you're like, damn, this is a good check mark for like, that's a positive sign that it's a good product. Okay. And then it drops entirely for three days. You're like, damn, you know, double check mark on that. So I feel like my confidence is just based on uh, the inconsistency of like making profit. So if I see that it drops some days, then if I scale, then it's probably going to drop. And if I spend 10 grand a day and it drops like that, I'm in big trouble, you know, so I'm not going to invest in that. But if it drops one day every four, every, I don't know, three weeks, I might not care. But if it drops every twice a, a week, then I might be like, I'm not going to scale past that certain it's amount of money. Threshold. And it's, it's very interesting that you talked about inconsistencies because this is what people what driving people crazy in dropshipping because there's nothing more frustrating than to do all the work to find your product and do all the work to test your product and do all the work to start scaling yeah. your product. And then once, as you said, start thinking that you're about to become a, a millionaire, everything just vanishes and everything is gone, not making money anymore. Like, how do you go about that? First of all, mentally, like, how do you process it? And then what do you do about it? How to fix it? Let's say. I feel I feel that was like one thing that was good with dropshipping actually because it teaches people that businesses opportunities and like it just goes like that. You know, you might have a business that makes you uh, 
even 25 million a year and then suddenly pff, like it's just gone and you don't profit from it anymore so i feel like that's just part of the game and i like i like that lesson that it it, it teach me you know about the fact that opportunities come and go and sometimes like i said like sometimes let's say i had students which you know didn't have millions to spend on facebook ads and if they were in a situation where they didn't find a winning product and they they were starting to spend a lot of money i would just tell them to stop everything and just look at all they've done and you know they're going to realize some things you know that that it's going to make them spend less to find a winning product and i feel like that's the thing you always have to keep testing new products like have a, a roster of things that you're testing okay. and the, the the product that you're selling essentially i feel like it wasn't as mentally frustrating as it was because I understood why that was happening and most of the time it's, it's saturation of your product or maybe your product was you know popular to a certain degree like after you got to a certain amount of sales then that was it you know and you can't change that it's just part of the game like maybe some product have way more potential okay. like some products I know people have sold for three years they made like millions from it wow. some like my product was was pretty good you know in, in, in the millions, but some other products I tested were just in the, in the hundred grams, you know. Yeah. So, it really, it really variates. So it really varies. Do you think would it like it could have something to do with? You know, some people say that there is no such a thing as a saturated product. There is always like a saturated creative, uh, or a saturated angle. So, do you think that if you shift probably the angle or you? change the creative or something there's a way yeah. for you probably to sort of you know kick off that algorithm and, and 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 hit a different pocket on facebook you you can revive you can revive your ad a little bit but that's not like the a long-term solution like i let's say my product was saturated at some point like it started sending less and then what happened is i try to um i try to new ad creative works for like a month or two and then it doesn't work anymore. So I don't think that's a solution. I think a lot of course online marketing are just people who wants to, they just want to like make themselves feel more confident. Okay. Like the thing like don't reinvent the wheel. You know, it's like, no man, like people who make the most amount of money are people who test new products. I've never made it, I all my products and a lot of top guys, we talk about this. It's like all my top products were products that we found ourselves that were completely new. Like they were maybe like, five sales on AliExpress for these products and one supplier. We wow. never copied anybody. And but we I made so much more money than everybody else. But that's like a riskier strategy, let's put it that way, because you are selling something that you're not even sure that it's gonna sell. So you it it because here's the deal. I, I think that in dropshipping, most of the success that people have or at least claim to have uh, either comes from a deep understanding of the algorithm and how it works and we talk about like split testing and ad sets and the algorithm and manual bidding and all those things and and the other part of the success comes from the marketing principles you know like writing good copy and making a good ad so do you think what is the skill that people should focus on more like getting really good at marketing marketing like marketing principle the psychology behind the buy-in and getting to understand their audience or just having a deep understanding of, of Facebook and sort of hacking distribution, in a sense. Yeah, well, my my view of um, of saturation is 
dropshipping is not an industry. Like, what I mean is the products that you're selling, they're not an industry by themselves. People are like, oh, there's this winning product, I don't know, like this uh, beanie for bulldogs, you know? And then uh, they go, they get all hyped up, everybody's trying to sell it. The thing is, the first guy who sold it, he has the pie. And in dropshipping, there's no piece of the pie. The guy who has the first product has the pie, and all the other ones, they're sharing like the tiny profit margins. I know people who try to so sell my product that made me like my first few millions. I remember that, yeah. Everybody was but, trying to sell washes. <laughs> but their margins, their margins were crap because I, I saturated every, like the audiences, they all knew about my product. A saturation exists. Think about it. Think about you. Like if you see a product three times, just and you see it two months from now, just like geez, I'm tired of seeing that product. Saturation exists. Well, people argue that there is so many people that not necessarily everybody has seen it. But there's there's a but but yeah. But at the same time, the biggest buyers on the are in the U.S. And right. to be honest, reaching the entire U.S. is not necessarily your goal. The people that are interested in your product are a small piece of the U.S., you know, and they're not the entire U.S. So the more you, the the first audience is the most profitable, and then as you spend more and more and more, you're reaching out to people who are less interested and less interested and less interested. So there's also that, and, you know, in that criteria, people could be like, yeah, but there's more countries. Yeah, but in other countries, then you have the criteria of people who have credit cards or people who are willing to buy your product, which reduces even more the amount of of people that can be profitable to buy your products very interesting so it's like you know you're taking a risk by copying people you're taking a risk of spending money and just getting super inconsistent results and uh you know not a lot of profit so in the long run um it just really it really has an impact on um on your results, T testing new products, you have way better odds of, of making money because as soon as you find that product, even if you test it 100, that product's going to make you a few hundred grand. It has a good potential. All right, so um, we're sort of, you know, uh, heading towards the end. What I like to ask is, uh, what are the three main things? Well, I will ask, I'll ask the question on two parts. The first one is, what do you think are the three main things that someone who's getting into dropshipping now has to know like the three top things like you have to do these things for you to get anything that resembles success uh okay well cash answer you you need you need more capital than before like you hear my story with 500 bucks i forget it like i would i would say to test you need me at least like at least a grand even more if you like really want to make it okay. if you want to test the waters a grand if you really want to make it could be up to whatever amount of money you want to put in. But at the same time, uh, it's not, don't don't look at screenshots and be like all hyped up. It's just stupid because it's not like that anymore. You're not going to in 30 days make like 250 grand. And if you do, then you might make 250 grand of revenue and have spent like 300 grand and lost 50K. You know, it's more, <laughs> more realistic. Um, and the margins are way smaller. So at the same time, I would say like stay open to to um, to doing dropshipping, doing e-commerce is still a big industry, and there's still ways to cash in a lot, but it demands way more work. And now, understanding e-commerce of dropshipping is just the basic. Like the the toughest part is just really to to stick to it. You know, it, it's for me, it's like essentially the testing part almost becomes like cold emails. 
like your results with cold emails are going to be small. Like you might get, I don't know, like a client out of every 500 emails. So testing products is going to get more and more saturated and more saturated. So if you make money now, don't like profit from it. And maybe in a year from now, you'll stop doing it. So I'm just saying like cash in on opportunities and get out when it's your time to get out. Very interesting. And for someone who is doing dropshipping, doing decent numbers, and uh, they yeah. want to take it to the next level, you know, what took you here wouldn't take you there. So yeah. what do you think they need? Again, the top lesson, the top lessons uh, uh, that would take them there, whatever there means, you know, the next level. Yeah. Um, well, if they're already, let's say, making 100 grand per month, then they probably have products that they can scale or maybe they're stuck because they don't have new products to scale and they need to test more. But they, they don't really know, you know, which product to test and all their, their test flops. And there, there are a lot of things, especially it's, it's all about ad creators and Facebook ads in a way because everybody is optimizing their landing page and everything is fine on that end because Shopify takes care of it most of the time. And so if people want to scale from 100 grand to 500 grand, for example, first of all, be ready to cut your margins. You'll make more money, but you'll have way smaller margins. And also... Um, be ready to 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 not be too obsessed with keeping doing dropshipping because at some point you might have made 500k a month and three months from now you're testing all your products and none of them is making money don't go and try to spend like 50 grand just on testing products because you're like i really need to make it happen maybe it's time for you to try something else you know so i see dropshipping as maybe something introductory to business but not necessarily a business I feel like it's a it's like a like a rite of passage, you know, in, in, in a way. Um, but I know people are like, create your brand, blah blah. But it's like, come on, man! Everybody can do dropshipping. Like, it's not like it's not like you're creating a separate entity or like you're creating a, a like a product that changes the world. You're just it's sales. You're just trying to make money. Um, so cash in from it and don't be afraid to switch and do different things. Maybe start your own e-commerce brand or do something that's going to separate you from the red ocean of dropshipping because that's what it is, you know. Awesome. Thank you so much. One last thing. People who want to reach out to you, uh, get to know more about your agency since you're taking clients now about e-commerce, uh, how they can go about uh, reaching out to you, where to find you? Um, just uh, they, can, they can send me a message in my Facebook name is Harry B. Steele. I usually answer a lot on Messenger. And uh, that's it, man. Just reach out on Messenger and uh, I'll hold on. All right. So I'm going to put everything in the notes. I'm going to put the link of your agency as well for the people who want to reach out. Uh, probably put your email if it's possible. And yep. uh, thank you again so much for this. That was a lot of very interesting lessons. And I hope we're going to see you soon. Yes. Peace out, guys.